hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us today for AIWA Los Angeles Las Vegas section, uh, Saturday um, uh, uh, section e-meeting. So today we have very uh, uh, exciting talk about the uh, uh, computer simulation with a very hard topic, sustainable aviation. Uh, I know the couple expert is in our audience as well. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll have uh, a very interesting conversation uh, toward the end of the uh, presentation. So you can, um, you know, uh, interact with the uh, uh, speaker and uh, see if there's some uh, great insight you will get, uh, we can get uh, from today's uh, great discussion and uh, meeting. Uh, so before that, we have a couple uh, logistics to go over. Uh, we'll go very fast. And uh, but while we are waiting for people to join us uh, Saturday morning gradually, uh, so it take a couple of minutes, the purpose is to get people to uh, sign in. Uh, and also, this is AWA Los Angeles Las Vegas section event. So we are going to, you know, of course, to show some membership information. So first of all, this today's talk, you know, uh, we are in the introduction. So in a couple of minutes, our speaker, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Swati Sasena, will start uh, her, her presentation. Uh, then we'll have Q&A. And you are welcome to type your question in the Q&A box, uh, but we, we highly welcome you click raise hand and speak out. Uh, toward the end of presentation. So first of all, thanks a lot to uh, the HAIWA headquarters for this wonderful Zoom platform and all the support for all our activities. And thanks a lot to Dr. Swati Sasena for the uh, uh, recording permission. And uh, if you happen with issue, you can use dial-in for audio and just use internet for uh, the video. Uh, again, if any question, type in the Q&A. Uh, box and uh, chat box for uh, networking, uh, and uh, but highly encourage you click raise hand more toward the end of presentation, and uh, uh, we look for a very exciting discussion. And uh, first of all, AIWA is a wonderful organization <clears throat> emerged from two distinguished organization, uh, one formed by uh, the Wright Brothers on aviation, the other formed by uh, uh, Robert Goddard. Uh, Rocky Tree both in, established in 1920s and uh, they merged in the early 1960s become AIWA. Uh, so AIWA is uh, not uh, uh, national, but also international. Our president right now is Mr. Basil Hassan, uh, director, executive director, Mr. Daniel Dunbacher. Our section chair right now is Dr. Jeffrey Purcell of Raytheon. Uh, of course, AWA is a nonprofit membership based organization. Uh, membership is a very important uh, aspect, uh, is the core of the uh, organization. And uh, uh, you can see we have uh, so many you know, countries uh, with our members, and uh, we have corporate members as well. For example, Blue Origin, SpaceX, they are all uh, corporate members, which is very important. You can, you're welcome to encourage your company organization to uh, contact ASABOE for uh, corporate membership. Um, uh, some individual might be covered uh, if you could cooperate, but it's not everyone in you know, a corporate. Uh, <clears throat> There are a lot of advantages to uh, join professional society, uh, networking, advancement of uh, you know, uh, uh, levels. <clears throat> it's great for your resume and the publish you know, your work, AWA publish and research. And uh, this is uh, just some of our uh, exciting you know, um, uh, 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 volunteers, uh, for Sherry from JPL, Dr. Puchel, 
Curtis from Boeing, uh, Jennifer as aerospace attorney, and uh, RP from uh, Glendale Community School. We have more and uh, wonderful members uh, just to show you uh, wonderful how wonderful our people uh, are. And uh, these are di different level of membership. Uh, take a look and uh, if any question, contact us and uh, we'll be able to help you out or you can contact customer service, aw.org slash contact. Uh, then uh, you'll get everything done right away. Um, by Pat, you got a lot of benefit, Aerospace America, conference discount and uh, uh, networking. And one very important thing is a, a, a membership advancement uh, for, you know, member, a senior member, social fellow, fellow, honorary fellow. Uh, you can see that our Dr. Jeffrey Pushell is uh, a fellow and also uh, Dr. Marty Bradley as expert in a leader in sustainable sustainable aviation is also a fellow leading this air effort in sustainable aviation and after uh, miss queen shotwell uh, mr uh, uh, bill uh, dr bill kirsten meyer and also dr mark louise our speaker on uh february 19 two weeks from today is our honorary fellow and also former uh one of the former AIW executive directors <clears throat> and uh, there are honors, and uh, you can apply, get uh, awarded, student membership, uh, conferences, and the local Los Angeles Las Vegas section is blessed with uh, vibrant aerospace activities from Boeing, aerospace X, Northrop uh, Grumman. You can see the famous, uh, very uh, successful uh, James Webb. Uh, space Telescope just launched uh, Christmas Day, and uh, convergent orbit aerospace. Corporation, JPL, or you know, student activity, so many of them. And uh, you have uh, like um, uh, electric hybrids, aircraft, sustainable aviation, several company. Uh, it's, uh, uh, there's a very big one in Hassan, and a, a new company like uh, Launcher Space, Relativity Space, and many others. And uh, we have been doing uh, events, uh, you know, for example, as I mentioned, two weeks from today, Dr. Mark Luis. And uh, February 23rd, we have uh, Aerospace Cybersecurity by uh, Mr. Scott Niebuhr. He's uh, Director of uh, Cyber Engineering Aerospace Corporation. And we have newsletter opportunities. And also uh, we post our videos, a presentation video on YouTube and podcast. And uh, we, we are so uh, honored and so happy to have uh, our uh, um, speaker today. Uh, Dr. Swati Sasena, she is a lifetime a senior member, very loyal member of AIAA, has doing wonderful job and uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, in, in this uh, in this field. He got a, she got a, a, a master's degree and PhD in aerospace engineering from Penn State University. Uh, she led the research, she was also the last research scientist and program manager in GE Global Research. She is a technical project manager, NSYS. And uh, she has been working on a uh, very exciting area of machine learning, simulation, uh, engineering design, uh, model-based system engineering, PIDO, free mechanics, and aeroacoustic gas turbine design. She has been giving a couple of very exciting uh, presentation with us. Uh, she is uh, holding she has holding 20 plus publication and two patents. Uh, so it's really our uh, great pleasure to have uh, Dr. Sasena uh, give this wonderful present presentation today. So um, uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Swati Sasena again. So please, uh, this is all yours, go ahead. 
Okay, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Ken, and thank you for joining us this morning. Let me start. Uh, okay. Um, I think you have to. Okay, now I can share. Let me start sharing my screen here. Uh, do, do you see it fine? Yes, very good. Okay, okay, awesome. Uh, thank you, thank you again for joining and Ken, thank you so much for the uh, great introduction. Uh, so today I'm going to talk to you about some of the uh, technology, simulation technology that we have been working on at ANSYS to help uh, companies, industry, specifically aviation industry, reach their sustainability goals in the next two or three decades. So uh, today, you know, I'll, I'll touch upon the ANSYS simulation technology stack to begin with, just to give you an idea of the breadth of uh, uh, simulation portfolio that is available with ANSYS. And then we'll first look at the targets that aviation industry has put forth for us to achieve in next uh, three decades until 2050 to get to net zero uh, emission. And then the different technologies that are uh, being uh, looked at, they are at different, uh, you know, TRL level technology readiness level at this point and um, how simulation can help accelerate those design uh, decisions and help us get uh, uh, get to these uh, the, to mature these sustainability related technologies in a you know accelerated fashion. So we look at through um, uh, few uh, in simulation examples and how they can support the sustainability efforts. This is of course a very very uh, broad area and uh, a variety of topics could have been uh, uh, could be related to sustainability as far as simulation is concerned so i'll touch upon few key areas today uh, there is there is much more but we'll we'll just because of the the, the time constraint we'll look at few key examples and if you have any uh, follow up questions um, or need more information please uh, you know feel free to reach out to me out after the talk Okay, so uh, for those who are not very familiar with ANSYS and the simulation portfolio that ANSYS has, uh, let me give you a quick summary uh, before we go into the uh, use cases. So ANSYS has a very uh, strong, um, high fidelity, uh, physics-based uh, simulation software going from structures uh, to fluids, uh, electronics, semiconductor, optical, so sensor design, uh, camera simulation, and so on, and even you know uh, 3D design and photonics. So it's a, it's a wide breadth of uh, physics that ANSYS covers with its high fidelity software. Now. These are very useful when you are working on a detailed design or uh, analysis or you're looking at uh, even maintenance side of these components in detail. Uh, but as a 
as we are now designing these next generation products, we are looking at component level, but we also want to see how that component would behave and perform when integrated in a system or a system of systems. So uh, with ANSYS, uh, system level simulation tools, we have that capability of integrating this high fidelity component level physics into system level analysis. And then uh, take a step further with system of system simulation with mission engineering. Uh, so we with the with the STK systems toolkit, uh, the entire mission can be simulated in a so simulation environment, along with uh, the uh, and it can be coupled with the system level um, design as well as component level. So all these three levels can be uh, simulated um, uh, together in you know using different ANSYS tools. And of course, you can link with uh, other you know non ANSYS commercial and um, government and you know uh, open source tools as well to achieve this ecosystem. This this entire framework can is supported by uh, platform. So when I say platform, uh, these simulations have to be scaled on and, and run you know, multiple times and sometimes they consume a lot of uh, HPC. So they can be deployed on cloud uh, with you know, commercial and uh, both private cloud infrastructure. Uh, this uh, process and can be uh, deployed on a platform level uh, tool like um, uh, ANSYS Minerva, and it can link with the commercial you know, uh, product lifecycle management tools that are that are out there as well. So if we look at this entire journey, we are going from single physics to multiple physics or multi-physics, and then we can build a digital prototype in a sense where it can also consume information that's coming from the the live asset or live product that's out there in the field. So this gives you the entire breadth of the simulation uh, capability going from component level to the mission level. And so that you can you know, analyze and evaluate our designs much, uh, much faster and you can also expand the design space. So with, with that background, you know, let's, uh, let's look at some of the uh, uh, bigger engineering or uh, uh, product challenges that we are facing today to achieve the sustainability goals. And this is, uh, this is a, a bit generic here. Uh, it can be um, you know, outside aviation industry as well, but these, uh, the, uh, the high level objectives that are that industry uh, is looking to achieve here remains the same. So we are, uh, we would like to reduce or uh, uh, minimize the carb uh, the carbon footprint, and it could be coming from a variety of sources. So we have to minimize the greenhouse gas emissions, um, energy. We have to look at the sources of energy. How are they being energy is being generated? How it's being consumed? And if there is a better way or a more efficient way to even transfer it, transport it from one place to another. Materials is a big, uh, is an important uh, uh, factor here because that contributes to uh, the carbon footprint as well. Uh, 
uh, the there are environmental and just uh, you know human well-being factors which are uh, also part of sustainability because we will be looking at uh, the level of for example water pollution or the noise or water usage in making make making these products uh, the level of um, acoustics so level of noise that's being you know generated so all those contribute to the environmental effects uh, the second uh, pillar here is on the performance of the product itself so if how how energy efficient is the product uh, what what's its current carbon footprint and how we can uh, reduce it what is the product life cycle how does it look like how is it going to be um, uh, scrapped once once it's uh, done with its with, with its life uh, how it's uh, the the facility where it was manufactured how sustainable is that facility uh, operational efficiency so predictive maintenance is is a key aspect right now uh, Traditionally, products, when the products were in operation, there was a, a certain guideline that was provided for its maintenance. But then after that, it was not tailored uh, according to the environment that the product is going to function in. If the product is going to be in operating in a very harsh environment and very cold climatic conditions versus uh, in a desert kind of very hot, harsh with a with lot of dust, air, air uh, particulate in the air, that kind of atmosphere, it was not tailored ar ar around that. And the product parts can fail at a, you know, uh, unexpectedly or a much higher rate than expected or or what has been it has been designed for and that that's where predictive maintenance comes into picture and with the the concept of digital twin and enhancing it with physics based models can uh, provide a much better estimate of how the prod that particular product is going to perform in that particular environment and then the maintenance can be um, uh, schedule accordingly uh, manufacturing sites as i as i mentioned before where the product is going to be manufactured how uh, efficient is that can we make that carbon neutral how can we make it more sustainable and safe the time and cost is the third key objective that you know, we uh, we need to focus on here as we are doing this technology development um, how uh, are we going to are we focusing on incremental changes or are we focusing on uh, some revolutionary technology that will take some more time to mature but it will uh, get get us uh, uh, it will it will have, make us reach our you know aviation 2050 goals um, in a more, much more um, better way. Uh, compliance is of course uh, very important, and in the aviation industry, it's even more important to meet all the regulations and standards before we certify anything that can fly. So with the with the so with keeping this uh, bigger objective in mind. Uh, how simulation can help. So if we look at, uh, these are just three examples, uh, you know, where simulation has helped reach the goals and 
uh, faster and the benefits can really be quantified because at the end of the day we would like to see what is the what is the value that's coming out so uh, if you look at emission we are uh, we would want to we are working on designs that are uh, that will have reduced carbon emission uh, energy uh, reduced uh, reduction in energy consumption uh, material um, the material that is uh, that has less environmental impact and if that is chosen in a much more um, intelligent way or efficient way in the beginning on the design cycle of the product then it will have much more uh, better design as well as less impact on the environment and there's just three examples i do have also have links here which you can visit to get uh, more information about these how how they were achieved uh, but this is where uh, the simulation has helped for these for these three particular products to achieve their goals and we were able to quantify on how much they were able to save with the final design okay so let's uh, let's look at the aviation specific goals now um, we looked at the overall objective and that is valid for um, broader at the broader industry level outside aviation as well and this is what uh, you might have uh, might have seen come up uh, last year from the ia uh, TA organization where we were where they have put forth the uh, targets for 2050 and they have also estimated how much uh, growth there will be in carbon emission if we don't do anything uh, the um, uh, passenger the aircraft uh, you know journey um, passenger growth is going to increase uh, by several folds by 2050 in next 30 years and if we don't uh, do anything and we just continue with the current technology this is where we uh, will land uh, this is where we are right now and uh, the target here is to get to net zero emission by 2050 and uh, you see this is a this is this is a very big target because we do not only have to uh, bring it down from the current level, we have to really bring it down from the projected level. And this cannot be achieved by a single um, action from the industry or the uh, or the you know pr prime integrators it has to be a combination of several technologies as well as operations and infrastructure so it has basically they have broken it down into four categories uh, technology operations infrastructure and sustainable um, air fuels SAFs. so these are uh, different ways through which they are going to tackle this um, objective here here and we have to we can uh, contribute to it in in uh, several ways through doing incremental uh, changes in in our current technology looking at some uh, revolutionary designs as well and so on so if we look further into these four aspects of uh, um, operations new technologies SAFs, and just by offsetting carbon capture so this is this is the kind of the percentage division that that uh, 
has been proposed or or has been uh, and have come up with is you see this the biggest uh, portion here is going to come from sustainable aviation fuels so this is a very important area of research right now how uh, we can just use alternate uh, fuels or look at uh, even biofuels hydrogen and other uh, sustainable air fuel methods to uh, reduce the carbon emissions and contribute to this net uh, zero carbon 2050 goal So uh, in terms of the aircraft technologies, there are, uh, I mean, we are, we are, um, we, are, we all know about these different kinds of technologies. They are, some of them are not even new. They have been studied for several decades now. Uh, but in terms of how we can, you know, we can categorize them in terms of evolutionary and uh, revolutionary technologies, something that has been, is, is more mature and would need some incremental changes to implement and try out and others where we would be looking at um, more revolutionary designs or bigger changes in the aircraft design and operation itself. So advanced turbofan engine, that's something that uh, we, we have been looking at and it can con contribute to uh, uh, carbon reduction. Open rotor engine, that design has been looked at. Uh, uh, GE had uh, did some studies a couple of decades ago on open, open rotor design. It's uh, uh, the the noise is high levels of noise is a is a constraint there and now with uh, new advanced you know materials and also um, uh, advancement in design as well that's it's something that is being uh, revisited blended wing body aircraft and another um, uh, technology that has been looked at. Um, the uh, hybrid natural uh, hybrid laminar flow. So just by reducing the uh, flow separation or and going to drag reduction will will help us uh, make it more efficient, make the aircraft more efficient. Uh, new engine core concepts. So if we are just looking at improving the individual components in a gas turbine engine, that's that's something that uh, is uh, currently being looked at as well. Um, hybrid and then the different kinds of the propulsion systems, hybrid electric aircraft and fully electric aircraft. Of course, uh, several companies have been working on these designs. Um, several big um, companies have, have also made investments, have funded a lot of startups in this area, and we are seeing some a good, a good progress in, in you know, uh, coming up with these viable solutions in, uh, in near future. So we will first look into some of the examples where uh, the design work and technology uh, evaluation work can be accelerated with uh, with simulation. Uh, as you can, as you know, the some of I mean these uh, concepts are sometimes um, very expensive to test, and also. Uh, when you are working with your design space, you have to first narrow down to a, a reasonable number of samples, which then you will uh, have a physical prototype and do further testing before maturing maturing the technology uh, readiness level. Before, so in the early design phase, even starting from the requirements, 
that's that's how early you can actually bring in the simulation and make decisions faster and in a more informed fashion it doesn't have to be a, a high fidelity component level analysis where you if, if suppose you even don't have a cad you don't have a full fledged geometry still you can use uh, simulation to come up with uh, make decisions at the system level at the uh, simplified design level with you know some discovery tools and so on so this is this is uh, just uh, this is a busy slide but it gives a, a, a summary of a variety of uh, areas where simulation can be used to pre predict the um, efficiency of the the design that is being evaluated and the effectiveness so starting from propulsion system and it could be a different uh, different kinds of propulsion systems that could be modeled and tested uh, rotor dynamics and that's also a key aspect with uh, with these new designs because you need to understand if there is going to be any fluid structural interaction uh, avionics cooling battery battery design itself, battery management system. Uh, these are very uh, traditional applications with icing, de-icing systems. It's, it's there in current designs as well. Uh, these are uh, rotor uh, strut interactions, so installation effects when you, when, uh, uh, when the rotor is installed, you can you can look at how it's going to interact with the structure and whether that would create any additional sources of noise, for example, or any uh, vibrations or um, fluid structure interactions that you have to consider. The HVAC system modeling is, is the, this can be integrated into a system level modeling as well and uh, being looked at variety of configurations. Uh, the system design, control design uh, itself, aeroelasticity is uh, with these uh, uh, blended wing aircrafts and the newer designs. We are going to have higher aspect ratio as well as, as well. Aeroelasticity becomes important and can be uh, studied. Acoustics. Of course, uh, noise is is a uh, is a key aspect and. Uh, uh, that is is a very difficult uh, uh, physics uh, that we has to be resolved in a very accurate fashion to get any any uh, accurate uh, value out of it. Um, the motor design with the motor thermal management as well. Now with the with when we are evaluating these different kinds of propulsion systems become important, and if uh, these motors have to be optimized and uh, designed for uh, for the overall aircraft to meet the overall aircraft requirements. So different uh, electrification scenarios can be modeled. Right. So when you have, for example, this is just a schematic for a parallel hybrid propulsion system. So you have your battery, it's going to uh, operate the motor and uh, you're going to have a turbofan as well. So you have to, you, you need to model this entire system in different uh, regions of the flight envelope. So this is uh, this is this entire envelope can be simulated in the system level analysis tool, where you are 
uh, not only mimicking the the overall coupled uh, propulsion uh, powertrain, but you are also um, changing the operation uh, operating scenarios during the entire envelope. Okay, now uh, looking into a bit um, at, at, uh, at, at a deeper level into the system. So here you see a schematic of the um, propulsion system itself. Uh, this is the, <clears throat> uh, the aircraft, uh, the aircraft engine components is simulated in a schematic manner and the electric machine design and analysis as well, going from the component level to the system level integration. And also uh, going back to component level for battery modeling and thermal management. So this will, this will give you a detailed analysis of how the thermal profile of the battery looks like during charging and discharging and so on. So uh, we can look at the different aspects of the uh, system, the, the system um, simulation level with, and we can, we can also link it to the field data here. So this is the ANSYS Twin Builder platform and it can uh, build. So here you can build different kinds of propulsion systems that you are evaluating. So this is an example of parallel hybrid electric propulsion system model. And uh, this is, if you just zoom in into the electric system, this is how it looks like. So you see that it's, uh, uh, it's just a box here and uh, it can expand, you can build a sub subsystem here. So it, if you expand this, you can see the entire uh, subsystem. Uh, this can be linked to other uh, system level analysis uh, tools for the entire, um, uh, environmental control systems or other systems that you are planning to model, but this just gives you a framework for incorporating these tools. And what what I'd also like to highlight here is, for example, if you 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 see a high pressure turbine here, and you have a inlet and outlet with temperature, pressure, and all other operating parameters specified, and you can specify a performance curve for this turbine. Now that performance curve can be derived from the, uh, the overall specifications of the machine, or it can also be generated from a high fidelity analysis that you have done in, uh, uh, is done separately with uh, a CFD solver, for example. So that can directly plug into the system level model. And what that, that gives you the flexibility of tweaking your design and modifying that performance curve according to your new design. So you, you are not just relying on the curve that you have from the original design, but on in a uh, uh, incremental or like real-time fashion, you, can, you, are, you are able to change that design, that performance curve based on your, the analysis you have done. And you can also create a reduced order model or a, or a surrogate model for that uh, HPT and that can be plugged into the system level analysis. So that gives you an additional uh, level of uh, uh, fidelity there. So this, um, 
just shows a study that was, and this is a representative study that was done to um, study the effect of the location of the uh, the electric uh, machine in the in the entire system and how its uh, efficiency will change as a function of SFN, so the, the speed of the fan. So let me just play it one more time. You can, sorry. Okay, so you are increasing the speed, reducing the size, and uh, that's the, the effect can be uh, captured in this efficiency graph. And it can be this is just one, uh, you know, output that I have, I'm showing here, there are a lot of other uh, things that you can extract from this kind of simulation. This is an, another scenario increasing the size of the fan and uh, also the overall uh, location and dimensions of the, of your uh, motor uh, that, that is, that is that is installed there and you can study its effect. So this is the uh, the concept exploration phase. Uh, you can do it in a much more uh, efficient way by uh, automating most of this process. And there are there are tools like OptiSlang that can be linked to either our CFD solver or mechanical solver and can run this study for you in an automated fashion. And you can parameterize where uh, the geometry parameters like the radial length here, axial length, and also the uh, variables, different variables can be parameterized in terms of the flow speed, uh, the fan speed, uh, the inlet, pressure, temperature, and so on. So those, all those can be parameterized and run in an automated fashion. And the post-processing can also give you uh, things like response surfaces and response curves, which will help you identify those, uh, the, the areas where you would like to investigate further and which are meeting the uh, design requirements. So you can generate uh, plots like this. This is the specific fuel uh, consumption plotted against a specific uh, thrust. And you can see the minimum on this curve for different uh, installed configurations. You can see uh, where different uh, components are included and this uninstalled SFC and installed the all rec components included it will give you an, a, a range of how each component is contributing and uh, that you will make, make uh, you can make your decision accordingly based on the information that you get from these kind of studies. The different level of uh, different, uh, you know, um, component masses plotted against specific thrust and the total mass of the engine. So a variety of information can be extracted and uh, post-processed with these response surfaces and response curves. Okay, so uh, moving on to few specific examples. So this is the, the previous one I wanted to give, give you an idea of what kind of design exploration studies you can do on different kinds of uh, uh, 
propulsion designs that you are looking at. Uh, we look into uh, now some uh, specific uh, variety of use cases. This can be uh, related to different uh, kinds of sustainability uh, efforts across different physics. So the first one is around uh, how we can reduce emissions with electric aircraft and gain with when we are working on electric aircraft design, we are looking at a variety of changes that are that need to be made to the aircraft. Uh, we, are, we are familiar with uh, the objectives here will be reducing the uh, carbon emission. Uh, there is a specific goal that we have in mind for for these electric aircraft designs with electric uh, motors. So the electric motor design simulation, the um, NVH simulation for the electric motor, the noise simulation, the uh, for for the rotor itself, the uh, how these three D. Uh, flow field with interact with the structure with the aircraft structure for fluid structural interaction. All those aspects need to be understood before we go to the uh, physical prototyping and then testing because again these testing these um, aspects can be very expensive and if we are able to down select few important configurations beforehand that that helps us eliminate uh, uh, both risk reduction that helps us with risk reduction and also cost uh, optimization. So this is a specific example where uh, the multi-physics environment was used to design the electric motor. Right, so this is a, a MagniX example, but what I want to highlight here is, as I was mentioning before about the multi-physics aspect of design, uh, when we are looking at the motor design itself, we can consider different uh, physics in a single simulation. So the integrated approach gives you a better uh, visibility into your design space as well as uh, you are you are you can do multi objective optimization in a single uh, simulation environment so this was this is the framework that was used for designing uh, the motor in this case and um, it was uh, able to capture the both the fluids, uh, structural and electromagnetic. So these three physics in an integrated fashion to give you um, an optimal solution where you will meet all the uh, three uh, kind of design aspects of the of the system. Uh, this is another example for uh, designing an all-electric airplane. And here we are looking at the battery uh, thermal management and how we can optimize it. So uh, this is this was this study was done by using a joint methodology. And what it does is with the adjoint simulation, you are able to come up with a design where you have an objective in mind, and then you use the, uh, the adjoint methodology to uh, 
come up with a design that will meet that objective. So for example, you want to modify the design and there are several constraints that you can set as well. An example is to, for example, uh, if you want to change the design of this wing, uh, the airfoil design at a particular um, for a part for to meet a meet a particular objective, which could be a, a ten percent reduction in drag. Now, with that, you have other constraints as well. You want to still want to have a certain amount of lift. You want to have uh, a certain amount of thickness, a minimum amount of thickness for your airfoil at a certain location. So with all these constraints, you can run that optimization study in an automated fashion using the adjoint method to come up with the optimized design. So this is, this is just an example of how uh, this can be used to optimize certain uh, portions or certain uh, uh, features on the aircraft to meet the new uh, requirements. Okay, so going from the uh, design aspect of things, let's look at uh, the more de into more detail about the fuel itself, and uh, that is that is something that is currently being actively being investigated, and a lot of uh, uh, effort is being put in uh, for studying different kinds of fuels. So hydrogen propulsion is 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 big, and uh, people are studying different aspects of the entire uh, the feasibility of using hydrogen for uh, the for as the as the primary fuel and uh, coming from uh, starting from its extraction to storage to its combustion properties itself and how much efficiency we will we'll be able to have uh, so different Again, different uh, aspects need to be need to be investigated and studied for uh, for this combustion design. So, if you look at the combustion itself to start with, we would like to understand. So, there are few few objectives, and it's uh, important to see what you know what our existing engine architectures uh, can can do uh, if we can use. Uh, pure hydrogen or hydrogen blended fuels with our current engines because that will save us a lot of lot of time and uh, help us get to the next stage quicker. Uh, how we can support new um, hydrogen content, high hydrogen content combustion designs. Uh, then what what would be the no NOx emission characteristics? So this is this is all of this needs to be understood in detail before we uh, decide on using a certain kind of fuel. So this is uh, the combustion analysis is is uh, again a very complex uh, physics based phenomena that needs to be modeled. Uh, different uh, fuel chemistry models need to be implemented, which were not traditionally used with the traditional aviation fuel. Um, and then we have to go through a lot of you know, validation uh, given uh, given our current the database that we have for uh, current engines and how that compares with the with the numerical models that we are using for these combustion designs uh, so the uh, ansys fluent is is being used for studying these combustion mechanisms uh, different fuel chemistry is um, 
being implemented and it's already uh, being used at several uh, by, by several engine manufacturers to make do these kind of calculations uh, the important thing here is to note that we for these high fidelity combustion simulations we need uh, very accurate and improved like turbulence models as well and uh, uh, that has been a primary focus along with uh, making it an automated uh, process as much as possible because these meshes are also very very large uh, they are uh, as you can see this example 100 million poly hex core mesh it was generated in 20 minutes so something that a analyst or a designer can do on its on its own and with with limited amount of effort in spent in generating these uh, meshes for even for very complex geometries so not only automated but run it uh, or generate it in a parallel fashion so that it can be uh, it shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't take days to generate these kind of meshes so that's where the effort is being put in and then on the speed of the uh, cfd on the, of the flow solver itself because uh, these simulations take time there is a lot of several equations that have to be solved simultaneously to capture the fuel chemistry and it is very very computationally extensive so how we can scale it on cloud or your uh, on-prem hpc infrastructure so that you are able to run these simulations in a in a timely manner it's not taking you weeks but days to get uh, the results okay i think this one is not working but uh, i believe i have a couple of animations later we'll see some uh, flame uh, simulations so uh, this this is this is um, a snapshot of the um, cycle hydrogen cycle analysis that was put together in flonex so this is uh, one of uh, one of the system level simulation tools uh, we we partner with and you can see the different components being uh, simulated here represented for the hydrogen cycle analysis and then uh, the different parameters that can be set so the reason that i'm showing here uh, this schematic here is when we look at the combustor we can link it to the uh, high fidelity solution that is coming from ansys fluent and then use that as an input for your system level analysis so that it will give you a, a better representation of your cycle and um, for for design exploration as well the same uh, optimization or automation workflow that i that i was talking about for on the design side can be used for this propulsion cycle as well so you have the uh, hydrogen uh, cycle, propulsion cycle schematic. It can be parameterized depending on the, your design uh, space. And then it can be linked to a variety of tools for doing the process integration and design optimization analysis. So this is this gives you uh, an example of what we were talking in the beginning where you are coupling your component level uh, information to system to system of systems. 
So this is just an example for the hydrogen uh, propulsion system. Now, this is uh, another example of a high fidelity simulation that is important here. Uh, uh, when you have uh, uh, hydrogen as fuel, you like to see if there is going to be a flashback. And this is uh, the section that is uh, you know, being simulated here. Um, and you have a, a high fidelity or high, a very um, fine mesh to resolve this phenomena. So probe locations. So these are uh, virtual probes that are being set when you are simulating, when you're running the simulation to see if you, if you are going to have flashback. And you can see in this case, if you focus on this region, you have you can see that you are having uh, some flashback in the hydrogen uh, case as compared to CH4. So these uh, these are again very very high uh, fidelity runs, and the fuel chemistry and the grid. Uh, resolution and the overall um, turbulence model is all of those are very important to capture uh, these phenomena in an you know, accurate fashion. Okay, so now uh, the other aspect of using uh, hydrogen is the hydrogen um, aspect, hydrogen storage. And uh, here, what we are focusing on is the tank uh, or the vessel that is going to be used to store hydrogen. And uh, the material that it can be made out of, it has to be with, 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 the, um, with all the constraints on the weight and of course structural integrity. Uh, this is the workflow that can be set up in ANSYS workbench for a composite hydrogen storage analysis, vehicle design or analysis. And there, uh, the key aspect that I would like to highlight is the composite um, material creation itself with ACP. The thermal analysis, you want to look at the, uh, the temperature or the thermal profile of the vessel also, it's st st uh, structural um, integrity, how much uh, pressure or uh, if, if there are any key hot areas that we would like to be aware of, which could be uh, damaged. And then linking it to the material management library, because here the material is being um, evaluated and the properties need to be very, very accurate and consistent material properties. And those can all be stored in a, a material management platform. And then um, like I've mentioned about Optus Lang before as well, and this which can be used for this design uh, optimization um, simulation setup. So uh, we just looked through the solution, right? We are combining all these four uh, portions of the, uh, the solution to come up with the overall design. And then of course, our constraints or objectives that we are objective functions that we'll be, that we'll um, implement would be the weight and uh, the structural um, 
integrity criteria. And uh, so we look at the failure analysis and so on and make sure it's meeting all the criteria that we would like for the, the vessel. So this is this is an example of designing a pump for hydrogen uh, propulsion system. So this is the snapshot of the workflow with again in ANSYS Workbench for uh, design for this pump design and analysis. And it could, could be for any uh, generic application as well. It doesn't have to be for hydrogen pump. But in this case, you would like to focus on that. And uh, this goes through, this just tells you the series of steps that can be taken to do this design work. So we start with the requirements. That's the first step. Then we come into preliminary design tools. So that will be your mean line design or uh, uh, just a, like the 1D design that you will be looking at. The 2D design, then it, it goes to 2D design. You'll be looking at the blade profile. Uh, then there are different tools that can be uh, used to generate the blade design itself, uh, the 3D design, and then you do the high fidelity analysis on it. So here you are doing both fluid analysis as well as a structural analysis, so CFD and structural, to make sure you're meeting both those criteria. And this is the performance curve you are getting out of the CFD runs and was compared with uh, with test data from a NASA hydrogen pump as well. Uh, the entire process was op optim uh, was automated in OptisLang, and uh, this just shows you a framework of how these components can be designed. Again, this is not just limited to pump; it could be implemented for any uh, rotating uh, uh, component design. The fuel cell design, that's, the, that's another example uh, we can look at. And uh, the different uh, aspects of, of flow within the fuel cell can be modeled. And uh, this was uh, a, a fuel cell stack was uh, modeled and analyzed in Fluent. And you can look at the, uh, we can look at more details in this, uh, in this reference as well. Uh, Inbuilt, there are in some inbuilt, you know, CFD modules that are available, uh, and it can be again fluent is highly scalable. So uh, if you have very large stack models, they can be modeled as well. Uh, meshing is a key aspect because you would you would like to be able to comp uh, model uh, these complex fuel cell geometries accurately. Uh, and then extract different uh, kind of information from it. So this again uses the uh, some of the inbuilt models and chemistry that's available for uh, the accurate modeling for fuel cell. Uh, taking one step further with fuel cell, uh, doing a system level analysis. So this is uh, another example of integrating a component level analysis with a system level analysis where you have the fuel cell stack reduced order model which was generated 
in it can be generated in ansys fluent so once you have run through different designs or different scenarios for your fuel cell you can create a reduced order model out of it that it will it will do it automatically for you and then you can plug that in into your 1d system level representation uh, and then run it for different scenarios different uh, conditions and look at the performance of the entire uh, entire system So uh, if you are looking at, or you would like to uh, modify the current, the existing combustion, uh, combustor designs for different kinds of fuels, that's something we can again look at in very detailed analysis using very detailed fuel chemistry models that are available in uh, uh, ANSYS Fluent Chemkin uh, package. So there is, uh, a comprehensive database of more than 65 fuel components. And this, this can be uh, tweaked as needed as well. You can add your own chemistry or uh, can use one of the you know, combination of existing models. So this, is, has, this has been uh, validated for uh, a variety of scenarios. Those validation uh, comparisons are available as well. And uh, uh, just to capture the accurate uh, fuel chemistry is something that's you know very, going to be very important when we are looking at these different SAVs and uh, working on you know any design changes that needs to be done. So uh, the performance again, this is uh, looking at the uh, fuel chemistry itself how those different fuel combinations are going to behave. And the similar set of uh, methods can be used when you are combining, making, uh, where, where you are using uh, uh, two types of fuels or just, uh, and or uh, a jet fuel itself or renewable fuel or plus jet fuel, different combinations can be evaluated. And uh, as you can see different, uh, uh, the NOx emissions and the fuel chemistry, uh, the burnt fuel chemistry for coming out of different kinds of fuels can be evaluated as well. So it's the same, same level of uh, fidelity that can be used for designing, making changes to the combustion design itself, as well as looking at different kinds of uh, fuels for uh, aviation. So here you can see um, different uh, simulation deviations for a targeted mixture fraction. So you are changing the uh, the fraction here, and this is this is basically uh, combining building a digital twin of your uh, different kinds of uh, uh, fuels and uh, changing their. Uh, the the fraction and then in, uh, looking at how it will impact uh, at different uh, operating for different operating conditions what would be the pressure profile what would be the uh, flow rate and so on for different mixing fraction so this is all can be very very product or asset specific and it can also use some of the 
physical test data that's coming from the field. Uh, so this is this was being built in Twin Builder with a system level model. We are not seeing the system here, but we are just seeing the how uh, when we change the uh, mixture fraction, how it's changing the pressure at different locations in real time for this uh, for this pump. So this is um, a slightly different uh, um, application, but um, also relevant for studying at different kind of fuel options for aviation as well. So this is biofuel uh, simulation, uh, where you are looking at how these um, uh, algae exposure to sunlight can uh, generate these help in you know generating these uh, uh, biofuels. So you are capturing that entire process. So uh, for example, you can set up a parametric workflow to optimize the placement of mixing elements for improved photosynthesis. So that's the that's the process with like this is with hydrofoils and this is with flow rips. So different kind of uh, uh, it, structures or geometries that that you know that can be modeled for uh, capturing this process so this is uh, something that can be modeled uh, as well in a in a simulation environment and the effect of using different kind of uh, mixing elements can be can be studied so uh, Another important aspect of designing these sustainable products is around manufacturing. And we would, uh, there, there have been, we have been all, you know, looking at various methods for additive manufacturing and how it can uh, not only save, uh, not only make the product more uh, strong and lightweight, but also save on uh, the carbon footprint in manufacturing that product. So modeling that process will give you a very um, uh, important insight in how the product would uh, behave in field and how the, the, what the product strength would be, how it should be the, uh, the, pro, the, the, how the support structure should be um, made when you are actually 3D printing the product, this can be can be simulated in uh, in a 3D you know printing software where you are looking at the complete design for additive manufacturing workflow uh, through your validation. So you are coming up with the optimized design first and then you're simulating the process itself. Uh, then you'll be looking at the material, material analysis, so microstructure analysis, and then uh, part qualification and uh, material management as well. So this, uh, this can be done in a complete end-to-end -end material uh, process manufacturing design for manufacturing platform. Okay, so... Uh, just to summarize, these were, you know, some of the examples that I wanted to go through, uh, go over with you today. Uh, of course, there are a lot more areas that where simulation can be used for towards sustainability. But uh, what I would like to 
emphasize here is that simulation is not only impacting in the design phase, uh, which is it is mostly used for, but the entire product life cycle. Uh, we are looking at how the product is going to be maintained, how it's going to uh, sustain in the field, and that, that's where simulation can also help. Uh, and as we looked at the different uh, ways where you can model these uh, technologies in simulation, it will help you extend, uh, expand the design space and also reduce your physical prototyping and, and testing time and cost both. Uh, uh, with the cloud infrastructure and also uh, the high uh, adva or advancements in the methodologies for scaling these uh, tools, we have been able to uh, run it the even the very high fidelity combustion-like runs in a very very timely manner. Uh, scaled down the run time quite considerably if, if you look in the last five five to ten years and now we are able to we are at a stage where we can actually uh, use simulation as a commodity so we don't have to spend days and weeks months for getting these high fidelity results we can run uh, a set of uh, simulation on cloud or hpc come up with a, a reduced order model and then use it for further evaluation and analysis. So that entire process is condensed and may, has, uh, is, is much more faster than what it used to be before. Uh, with the system level integration, we are able to incorporate the effect of uh, a variety of parameters that was not possible before. Uh, so with the digital twin concept and also with just the doing the simulation at, uh, at a system and system of system levels, level, we are not only able to impact the design stage of the product, as but the maintenance and uh, overall operational uh, stage of the product as well. So uh, with that, I will um, I'll stop here. I also have few references and these uh, I, will, I will share after the uh, presentation. Uh, so which you, where you can go and look at some specific use cases for uh, designing these sustainable products. Uh, there is also a recent award that we uh, we are going to be uh, where we are going to partner with UCF for uh, uh, for NASA like University Leadership Initiative on developing um, emission-free jet fuel and airplane engine. It's a it's a design that you know we have we had proposed with UCF and uh, University of Central Florida, and that was just got awarded last month. So that's something we are. Really excited about as well, among other uh, several other engagements that uh, that we have both with industry and uh, academia in this space. So with that, thank you, thank you for your time, and I can take few questions now. Uh, great, Dr. Sasena, wonderful talk. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes, can I get yes, you? Yes, I think first, uh, Dr. Marty Brady has a question. Uh, so uh, I, I try to ask them to share their uh, camera, but it looks like uh, they prefer to stay just. Uh, uh, so Dr. Brady, go ahead. 
Oh, okay. I see you've, you've unmuted me. All right. Uh, my question had to do with, you showed a really neat schematic of the hydrogen propulsion system. Mm -hmm. um, are you familiar with the details of that work? Because I have a detailed question as to what the... Um, yeah, uh, go back. The, this one or slide the 20, 23 actually go to slide 23. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just my question was, what is the function of the water, the H2O? Um, this in that, H2O in that pump? Yeah, yeah. And then what does that do overall? Because I guess I wasn't familiar with using okay. that with the fuel. Okay, um, that's something um, my guesses that it might be getting used for some kind of cooling if I'm not wrong, but uh, I'll have to look into that. Sorry, I'm not very familiar with the detailed um, system here. I can I can get back to you on that if you're interested. I, I was just I was just curious. I, I wanted also yeah. I made it I made a couple of comments. I, I was really interested to see that you had the uh, slide 27 on the tanks yeah because that's that's a really important area to get mm -hmm. to get the, the design and the pumps on slide 28 so thanks for that and then I did put in a, a congratulations that you won that ULI for NASA there was a lot of competition for that I was on at least one of the losing teams so congratulations on that oh thank you thank you so much yeah we are uh... I think one of the four teams that they awarded uh, last December. Uh, so yeah, really excited to be working on that. There is um, a supercritical CO2 um, cycle that is uh, that we have proposed as part of the, the system as well. So uh, I've, I've worked, worked, worked on that before. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. Okay, and thanks for the presentation. Thank you, thank you, Marty. And I'll, I have noted down the question. I'll uh, definitely follow up. I know the engineer, uh, the, my my colleague, who uh, had put together this uh, workflow. So I will check with him, and I can uh, send a note to Ken, who should be able to uh, reach back to you. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, Dr. Jackson, uh, Charlie Jackson, Dr. Jackson, go ahead. Hi, uh, this is Charlie Jackson. I'm more used to ANSYS products for uh, electromagnetic simulation. Mm -hmm. So I was really pleasantly surprised to see how many other sorts of simulations ANSYS can do. Uh, can ANSYS tools be used to reduce aircraft noise or is reduced noise just an outcome of higher efficiency? Uh, so, uh, ANSYS tools can be used to model uh, different sources of noise. Uh, one of them could be, you know, just the aeroacoustics noise. Uh, if you are looking at the rotorcraft noise or uh, the noise generated because of the um, the wing. Uh, pylon interactions so installation noise so uh, that's so basically if we, we are able to simulate the complex flow uh, around different components the interactions 
as well. So both aeroacoustics and also vibration noise. So vibroacoustics noise because of the uh, vibration in the structure that can be uh, predicted as well. So if that uh, uh, if that helps. That that's interesting. Thank you. And then the other question is, can ANSYS tools simulate electric propulsion for satellites? It's not really an aviation application, but um, it does relate to uh, satellites. Uh, yes, yes, for sure. And I, um, I, I did not include those examples today, but uh, we, uh, we are working with uh, for like space applications as well and looking at uh, different uh, uh, methods on simulating the uh, for for space space propulsion and space uh, uh, yeah other even you know, electromagnetic applications as well especially on uh, so for example and this is a bit unrelated but just would like to mention here that uh, for space as satellite applications there are uh, uh, new semiconductor devices or ICs that are being developed for that can operate at very, very low temperatures and so on. So those are some some of the uh, simulations that, you know, we can do in, uh, uh, in, in ANSYS as well. Uh -huh. Well, that's all interesting. Um, um, again, I hadn't expected that ANSYS tools could help um, make carbon neutral fuels on one hand. And on the other hand, I expected they could improve efficiency, but all those things can uh, really reduce carbon emissions or the carbon footprint of aviation. Thank you. Sure, thank you. Uh, so uh, anyone want to ask a question? Uh, uh, I think there's a gentleman, I think, commented on that. Albert, do you want to say something? I saw by Tadi. Uh, you are welcome to speak out. But Albert, go ahead if you want. Can you hear me all right? Hello? Can you hear me, Ken? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, hi, Dr. Saxena. You presented information on fuel cells, but uh, it, the slides were going too fast for me to follow. Um, what is, in your opinion, what is the status potential of using fuel cells on aircraft? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I would um, not, not make an expert uh, comment here because this is uh, not my area of uh, expertise, especially fuel cells, but I'm aware of some um, studies that people are, uh, some options that people are looking at for using hydrogen fuel cell. Uh, they have been explored quite a bit for automotive applications, as you, as you know. Uh, the, uh, what, what I was trying to, show here was the possibility of simulating these kind of uh, 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 geometries and mechanisms in uh, you know ANSYS tools. So I will 
uh, and I'll not make a make a you know expert comment on its application in aviation. I know there have been some initial yeah. investigations that are being done. Yeah, you mentioned uh, in automotive in, in the 1990s there was a huge program to use fuel cell and hydrogen on cars. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the initial investment was a billion dollar from the US government. And that program went nowhere. And of course, batteries got so much better and took over. And I kind of, um, learning from that experience, I, I caution people pushing fuel cells too much on aircraft where uh, the conditions are even more complex mm -hmm. than automobiles. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, and I've heard about those uh, uh, challenges and constraints as well. No, I haven't uh, uh, done a, like a, a extensive study on this, but uh, those those uh, I think people are again looking at these options, but they're the depending on how the uh, the integration and the overall uh, system level kind of. Uh, performance can be estimated it it would it, and and of course safe safety is also an important very important factor here for uh, for aviation anyone else would like to comment on that from the audience yeah uh, i would be i would be interesting interested in hearing uh, if you have any any comments on that it would be good to know Yes, anyone, uh, please, please raise hand. Oh, I see somebody raise hand. Oh, gosh, okay, one second. Oh, gosh, go ahead. Yeah, very nice, excellent talk. I was wondering Thank if you, you can do wingtip vortices also. Simulation of wing tip. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. So actually, um, uh, yeah, we we have uh, we can do it in fluent. Uh, I don't know if you are uh, familiar with the with the CF the, that CFD uh, uh, software, but that's that's what we can use to model uh, wing tip vortices, and uh, and it would be a high fidelity CFD run with the to model the, the shear layer and the flow separation and uh, uh, the but that's that it would be like a, that that's where we can set up a like a 3d flow uh, analysis for that and uh, any uh, specific reason you would be interested in modeling that <laughs> no I used to one time okay <laughs> okay. Thank you. Actually, Dr. Stassen, I have a actually similar question like uh, uh, Dr. Charlie Jackson about the noise. And uh, he was asking about if the noise simulation was by uh, reduction of efficiency. Uh, for me, my question was, uh, was the noise, can you simulate the noise uh, kind of away from the aircraft, like in an airport? You know, nearby situation can stimulate the noise that can be heard uh, near nearby airport. And uh, my second question was, uh, how easy it is to 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 use a package to set up a package to to 
do all, all those great things you just showed. It's very expensive and it's on a personal computer or require uh, some kind of computer power. So you are asking about the, um, the noise that is um, a far field noise basically, right? So if you have a aircraft uh, landing or uh, taking off, what yeah, you know, be... airport noise is very airport important. noise, right? Yeah, uh, it's very important issue, and that's yes. part of the reason, you know, big reason for uh, sustainable aviation. That's so that's a very important. Point. Yes, 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 absolutely. A, any directional, you know, uh, noise, certain direction, you know, or distribution, like something like that. Yes, so it's a, actually a good question, and uh, we can. Um, I'll I'll send you some uh, you know for some links about that later Ken as well. Uh, there is uh, uh, we we can do it in two ways. So the of course the high fidelity um, method that I was talking about earlier for doing the detailed aeroacoustic uh, simulations that will be very expensive. Uh, what we can do is uh, create or do a a far field or a noise propagation um, estimation or prediction with the uh, with one of the answers tools and can come up with the acoustic envelope so that will be your your signature for you know if you are looking at a certain distance from the aircraft and uh, around the airport region that will give you um, envelope of the uh, just the uh, decibel level that would that that aircraft would produce at a certain location or the at the airport so that can be done in um, more uh, uh, let's say just by using a propagation algorithm uh, we'll not be uh, doing the 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 high fidelity simulation for the entire region that would be done for a very localized uh, uh, the major sources of noise that are in an aircraft so the the rotors rotor uh, noise is is the the main one and then uh, there is going to be landing gear noise that's going to contribute or or uh, you know the engine noise itself so those components and then use a, a, a propagation kind of method to get your uh, noise signature at a certain distance. So this, this can be done in, uh, in ANSYS. There is a tool called ANSYS uh, Sound VRX, and I'll send you more details later, uh, that can give you that uh, environment noise uh, envelope when you know, coupled with these uh, uh, when you already have a, like a, a noise source well defined and can uh, create a noise signature out of it it can give tell you how how what the uh, noise uh, profile would look like at a certain distance yeah that, that's great thank, thank you uh, actually I have a second question, but Vita uh, Lee has a question, so go ahead. I'll repeat my question again after him. I try to 
mute him, but it may not be speaking out. Did you see his question in the chat? He said about the uh, detonation combustion at M equals four on different fuel components. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, detonation combustion. Uh, yes, so there is, uh, I think I had a slide on RDE, which I didn't talk about. So if you see that slide now, uh, this is this is the example. If you are able to see this animation, this is the hydrogen uh, RDE modeling. So yeah, we, we do have a few examples for this kind of simulation. Uh, I'll have to check the exact mark number that it was run at. Uh, but that's uh, it's uh, something yeah definitely that uh, you know we have looked at. I have a question related to that. Can you hear me alright? Yeah, I can. I can hear you now. Yeah. Uh, Albert Musa here. Uh, that model, as I see it, uh, yeah. assumes detonation will happen, and then you're looking at the gas dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. It. But the question is, can you predict detonation? Hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, my um, guess, uh, or if I want to pick an educated guess here, it would be uh, yes, because we are, you know, capturing the chemistry here. Uh, but I can uh, get back to you on that specific question. And uh, if, if we have done something like that, a use case, I can also point you to that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for question. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Sassin, actually my second question earlier was that uh, for those simulations, you just mentioned the hydrogen fuel, those things, uh, do, do they require special computer uh, power? Uh, is, is it a personal computer or need a, like a cloud-based computer? Um, answer server or oh okay sorry i missed missed out on that part of the question uh, yeah so yeah so there are there are several options available um answers cloud is an option as well where you can use uh, our cloud infrastructure to run your simulations we also partner with uh, other public uh, cloud vendors and also uh, like Azure and AWS, we can also deploy the ANSYS tools on your own private cloud. So all those options are there. Uh, it can be on a, on a small, you know, cluster as well. If it's not, it doesn't have to be too big. Uh, so private cloud, public cloud, ANSYS cloud, and then on-prem HPC clusters, Those all, all those options are possible. You mentioned HPC, that's actually, I, I was about to ask that, but uh, if it's on a personal computer, is there any memory or CPU uh, minimum requirements? Uh, yes, uh, there are requirements, and depending on the, on the, uh, the simulation that you are, um, 
that you would like to set up and we also give some recommendations on using the yeah the, the ram the, the, the minimum amount of ram that you should have and also the processor type uh, gpu requirements as well for uh, post processing so uh, uh, actually let me note it down there is a, a platform um, recommendation or requirements page that you can look at if you for for every like individual ansys tool uh, for both windows and on the linux system um, that uh, you know I, i'll send you that link so you you can uh, see the list of recommended and kind of approved validated uh, uh, processors and uh, operating systems there yeah, you, you mentioned Rolls Royce, you know, uh, in one, some of your slides. Yes. And, uh, they have been doing a very good job. And uh, I'm wondering, did I use Ansys? Yeah, so the, the example that I was showing, that's this, this is where, you know, they were using Ansys. I think this was the slide. Um, yeah, and this was just a quote from them. So, uh, yeah, this, this for this particular analysis they had they, they had used answers so you know maybe it's uh, their, their company secret but do you know or you think in general that the company use uh, answers to proto prototype or they actually had has already built some kind of uh, sustainable aircraft and uh, just use answers to verify some some process or some design or they heavily rely on incest to from the very beginning. So yeah, it 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 it, it de depends. Some some of the uh, customers, our customers like Rolls Royce, they have it more embedded. So there is a uh, more embedded in their design process. Uh, some use it later in the design where they have already come up with their initial design, initial CAD, and then they will use ANSYS for just for a component level analysis. But others uh, use ANSYS at, um, at an earlier stage as well. So for some initial design selections, design decisions, there is a, there is a set of uh, design tools uh, you can look at ANSYS discovery, which are more um, used in by designers and not really analysts. So uh, in this case, uh, they were, I think they are talking more about the, uh, the, the high fidelity design optimization with a, a joint methodology. So this will come a bit later once they have at least narrowed down on their initial selection. Um, so in this case, they were using, uh, I believe, Ansys Fluent for this. Um, the uh, but but there are design tools, as I mentioned, like the Ansys Discovery that are used by by some some groups, if if not all. So it depends on the team. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and, you know, because Rolls Royce has a lot of uh, you know good news recently. So kind of very good example. Um, well, I'm pretty sure there are actually other companies, you know, working yes. very well. I think Zero Avia, you know, also in the news. Yes, yes. A any uh, simula simulation kind of uh, animation for those 
sustainable aircraft in the air? Can you simulate their performance in the air? And compare with the regular engine? Uh, so uh, the you're talking about uh, at at the overall like uh, the system level or uh, when you say performance, what are you you know for well, maybe, maybe like at? fuel efficiency, fuel efficiency, mm -hmm. and uh, you know when they fly in the air with the air you know resistance of the air. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that kind of situation with uh, fuel efficiency, you know, those only battery or how, how much they would need before refuel and uh, any different, in, in, you know, aircraft performance, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, structure wise due to, due to the difference, you know, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so some something like like this, right? Um, I think you are talking about the different uh, uh, scenarios during which the flight would be for that entire flight envelope, right? If you are uh, uh, taxiing in an all-electric uh, uh, fashion, some, something like and, this, with, you know, hydrogen or different things, biofuel. Yeah. So yeah, we can we can model that. So depending on the um, uh, the drivetrain or the propulsion system you are looking at, uh, you can model it in a in a system levels kind of simulation, right? So something like this, and there you can uh, look at the fuel efficiency and performance of different components for at the at different uh, flight flight conditions. So that would take into account uh, your air resistance in the sense what kind of uh, uh, pressure you have at the uh, for for your for your system in that system what kind of flow uh, uh, flow rate uh, is is going to be operating at if it's operating at it's you know hundred uh, percent speed or uh, if it's in like idle condition or if it's uh, taxiing or climbing, it's climb or uh, and so on. So different um, operation cycles for your uh, propulsion system. Um, it can it can simulate that in a in a you know in this in this manner, and then you can uh, evaluate like different propulsion systems and look at the overall efficiency of your system. Yeah, Dr. Brady is not as lab, but otherwise he could have uh, he could tell us because this sustainable aviation is related to the green aviation. Uh, there's yeah. supposed to be quite some advantage, you know, from the urban area and the yeah, fire, yeah. fuel efficient. So there are a lot of aspects. Right. Simulation will be very helpful. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, especially for this urban air mobility, you have to look at uh, all these, um, it, it's going to fly uh, low, and it's going to. Uh, you have to. You have to really optimize the the trajectory. Uh, you have to optimize the propulsion uh, performance so that you are um, able to maximize the uh, its uh, uh, the duration of your flight, its uh, flight envelope, and so on. So this becomes very important. 
Yeah, uh, just a comment on, on Dr. Charlie Jackson's question about the uh, electric propulsion for satellite. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I think he's uh, thinking about simulation for the propulsion, uh, but actually the, the, the you know, electric propulsion is related to plasma physics, you know, which answers capable of doing plasma simulation, plasma physics simulation, have this kind of physics model. So plasma modeling is, yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's something, you know, that we can, uh, we can do in uh, Fluent and uh, it has been, it has been extensively looked at for, you know, uh, rocket propulsion and for uh, satellite uh, propulsion as well. Um, specific, actually, let me note it down. Can, um, that that actually could be a very good topic for your yeah. next actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i'll i'll see if i can you know put something um like i can if i can if i have like you know enough uh, enough material for that but this is this is of course a very important important topic uh, we i think we were also discussing about hypersonics uh, in one of our previous talks and uh, that's that's where the uh, the plasma modeling, ablation, and all those phenomena become very important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Any more questions from the audience? Yeah, this is really wonderful talk, a very hot topic and uh, a great speaker. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. The, the link the, of the recording a podcast will be emailed to all the registrants and attendees uh, today, this evening, or tomorrow. Uh, so look into your email or uh, check the spam or junk folder, and it will be also posted on the weekly uh, Monday weekly event summary email. So, okay, thank you very much. So uh, we have another wonderful talk. Look, look forward to uh, Dr. Sasena's uh, next talk with us. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ken, for the opportunity. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, folks, yeah, I look forward to seeing you on February 19th uh, and uh, February 23rd. Uh, stay in touch and have, enjoy the uh, rest of the beautiful Saturday and uh, enjoy the weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Beautiful. Thank you very much.